How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hey, I'm Sam. And I'm Rachel. We're the creators of Plant School. Rachel's going to be teaching me, a plant novice, everything I need to know about plants, plant care, and gardening, all in a way that anyone can understand. Yeah, whether you have never touched a plant or you consider yourself an expert and you want to just learn more, this podcast is for you. And though it sounds simple, there's actually a lot to cover. So what are you waiting for? Join Join us us in in Plant plant school. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 39 of Plant School. Today we're going to be talking about pothos, pothosi, potho, pothoses. I, I have no idea how you say that plurally. The pothos plant. Um, so we'll just be going over all the things that you need to know to be able to take care of a pothos and probably the history, if I know, Rachel. You know me. So first off, Rachel, what is a pothos? So it's probably one of the easiest plants to care for. Um, so I I honestly don't know why we haven't covered it yet because it is like the quintessential house plant. I feel like What's everyone, well, yeah, apparently, but I feel like everyone has one at some point. So I was just scrolling through our podcast and realized we didn't cover this plant and thought we'd do it. But anyways, it's often mistaken for a Hartley philodendron. They do kind of have a similar um, growing pattern of being vines and their leaves are pretty similar. Once you see them side by side though, it's pretty obvious why they are different. Um, pothos, they, their leaves can be a little bit more shiny. Uh, and I'm trying to think of what else. Sometimes they can be bigger, it kind of just depends. But apothos, it's also called devil's ivy. Um, there are, you know, varieties of it called golden pothos, marble queen. Um, it's also called Ceylon creeper, hunter's robe, ivy arum. Um, this one made me laugh. One of its common names is houseplant. <laughs> That's it. Like No other houseplant has that? Is there... I don't think so. I feel like this is just like the houseplant. Um, some people call it. The money plant, silver vine, Solomon's Island ivy, tarot vine. The list goes on and on. It has, yeah, it has so many names for it just because it's, it's so common and a lot of people have given it their own um, name. Yeah. And last thing for a pothos, it's just a really great one for hanging baskets. You can train it to grow up a trellis or some other supporting structure 
all of mine, I'm pretty sure are just hanging. They're not super large, so I just I just let them hang down and do their thing. Is that what's hanging above Jack's bed? No, that's a Hartley philodendron. Uh, that's what it's commonly mistaken for. Yeah, yeah got me. We have our um, our pothos is hanging in our kitchen. Oh, okay. The one that is by the shelf set. We oh, often okay. hit our heads on. Okay. How yep. come it's always dripping water? Is this because I always see it after you've watered it? or That is such a good question. I should have thought of that. So that is a phenomenon. If you guys have ever noticed, you water your pothos. Next day or next few days, there will be little water droplets on the very tips of the leaves, like right on the point. That's a process called gutation. Gutation? Pretty sure that's how you say it. And it's just the plant getting rid of extra water. It's something normal that it, it just naturally does. It's sweating? Kind of, yeah. It, <laughs> it just kind of forms right there at the tip of the leaf. And it's called gutation. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always wondering why the floor is flooded right, before, right <laughs> below it. No. drama queen no i just see i see those little water droplets on the end of the leaf and i'm like man i just always walk by right after rachel waters this thing <laughs> all right um does this plant flower it actually does um so this is this is really interesting to me and we're kind of dive into the history of this right now so it's a flowering plant it's part of the Ariaceae family um, though it rarely, if ever, will flower unless given artificial hormones. And this is because, well, first of all, it's the only plant in the Ariaceae family that does not develop a flower. But the reason why it won't is because it has a genetic impairment of the, some big words coming up of gibberellin biosynthetic genes. And so that just means that the plant cannot produce gibberellic acid on its own. And these gibberellins, it's just a fancy word. It's a plant hormone that helps the plant flower. So if it can't produce those hormones, there are no flowers. So the last spontaneous flowering of a pothos was reported back in 1963. That was the last time it happened. Like 63 no- 63 or 64? Oh, 64, yes, thank you. It's 64. Thank you, Sam, yeah. 1964. And so no one was tampering with it. It just spontaneously flowered. So it has been quite a while. That's 40, 60 years already, almost 60 years from today. Um, and so it's flowers. They are, it's produced in a spathe-like, so similar to a peace lily. And it has these hexagonal scales and once you peel those off underneath are these orange kernels that are usually eaten by local wildlife like squirrels. And it's reported that they smell similar to a ripe cantaloupe melon. Just oh. in case you were wondering. But yeah, if you were to go in and spray a gibberellic acid on your plant, it could induce those flowers and that fruit to return back, but on its own, it will not flower. Okay. So how did it become the common house plant that it is today? Yeah. So, all right, Sam, here we go. <clears throat> I'm going to get into the history here. Uh, so 
and I will get to how it became a common house plant at the end, I promise. So it's native to, oh, how would you say that? Moria. Moria? Moria. Moria. Anyways, it's an island in the society island of French Polynesia. So it is wild in many tropical countries. It actually can be very invasive and is a problem in multiple countries. It's so widespread that just in 2004, we discovered where it naturally originated. It, there was just so much of it. We weren't sure where it had started. So just in 2004, we figured out that it came from Maoria. And so it's in tropical countries. It's a common plant to have in parks or gardens and in more temperate regions uh, like the U.S. where we get really cold winters. It's a house plant and it's used commonly in malls, offices, offices, and other public locations. Um, being inside keeps it from getting to its mature size. So we've if you've just seen one in your house or at the mall, you have not seen it in its mature form. You've only seen it as a juvenile. When it is mature in the wild, it will reach up to the canopy. And once there, the leaves can get as big as two feet in length, which is ginormous. I can't imagine yeah. like having that little plant in my house with two feet long leaves. Anyways, so it was formally described in 1880, and it was named Pothos arius, which is why we now call it a pothos. But it's technically not correct because since that time, its flower was really observed in the 1960s, and it was rena renamed to Rapfidora. Let me try that again. Rapfidophora aria. And... After closer examination, they realized again that it was not, it shouldn't be in that family. And they moved it to Ep Epiprimnum pinnatum, and they gave it its own name, Epiprimnum arium, which is what it is today. But because of that original name way back in the 1880s, um, we still call it a pothos. And it's not right, but it's just kind of its common name that we've given it. So it's the most widely cultivated plants in modern history, maybe the most common house plant out there. And I would say the reason why it's so popular is just because it is so hardy. It can handle dryness of our homes. It can handle dry soil. It can be in dark conditions. I've even heard of some people growing it in complete darkness and it is still okay. I I don't know for sure if that would work. Don't test me on that. And then it can also just be grown in water if you did not want to grow it in soil. So it's super versatile, super easy to keep alive. And I think that's why everybody loves it. Hmm. So are, are they all just green plants or do they have some variegation? Yeah, so they do have some variegation, which is, which is always fun. I love... A variegated plant adds some, you know, differences. And variegation, if you guys aren't familiar with that word, it simply just means different coloring within the leaves. So, for example, like a marble queen pothos, that simply means that it has like this white speckling that goes throughout the leaves all over. Um, and if you want to keep 
your pothos variegated. If you have one that has lots of variegation, you need to give it good, bright, and direct sunlight. It's The reason why it's variegated is simply caused by a mutation in the cells. And the white pieces of your plant's leaves that are variegated, there's no chlorophyll in them. There's no way for them to get energy from the sun. And so it really relies on those small green parts of your leaves to pull in the energy from the sun that it needs because it has chlorophyll in the green parts. So if you have a variegated pothos, we have a whole podcast um, episode on variegation if you want to go more into depth on this. But if you have a variegated pothos, it needs good, bright, indirect sunlight so that it can stay variegated. If it doesn't get enough sunlight, it's going to revert back to just solid green leaves simply so that all of that solid green on the leaf can pull in all the energy from the sun that it needs, if that makes sense. Did that make sense to you, Sam? Yeah. Yeah, so just some of the common um, variegated varieties of pothos. There's pearls and jade. There's one called neon, um, and it's neon, a neon green. It's very (laughs) self-explanatory. There's silver satin and marble queen. Those are probably the most common variegated varieties. So is there any kind of symbolic meaning to it being called a pothos? Yes. Well, not to it being called a pothos, but just simply the plant has a symbolic meaning. Um, Sam knows this, but you guys don't. I read a book called The Secret Language of Flowers, and it like delved into the meaning of plants and flowers. And I loved it so much that I ended up buying a book that just gives like what flowers and what plants can symbolically mean. So apothos can symbolize longing or perseverance. So if you want to send someone a message of longing, if you want to send someone a message of perseverance, you could give them a pothos and let them know what that means. Might be a good one um, for marriage when you have kids for perseverance, you know. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) All right, so let's dive into the uh, care guide portion of this. So let's start with watering. How would you go about watering a pothos? Yeah, so they are very forgiving, but I would say water when the soil is dry, just those top few inches feel dry, give it a good watering. Uh, Root rot is a great way to kill it. I've killed a pothos, which is embarrassing to say since I've said it's such an easy plant, Um, but it was because I accidentally left water in the bottom of the pot and it just sat there, and that is what causes root rot. It causes, you know, the fungi to really take off and just take out the plant. So be very careful that you don't let water sit at the bottom. Um, In general, you'll be watering less in the cooler months of the year just because there's less sunlight coming in through your windows. Um, And also it doesn't necessarily need any sort of misting, but it does like humidity. Since it originates from a very tropical region, humidity will serve it well though it is not necessary because this plant is just so forgiving and so versatile. Probably because of its sweating mechanism. That it yeah, mm, true. Um, so how would you go about fertilizing and what kind of fertilizer? 
Yeah, so fertilize in spring and summer or just when your pothos is actively growing. And I would recommend using a 20-20-20 all-purpose fertilizer. Um, the the 20-20-20 refers to the nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium um, active ingredients in your fertilizer. And those are just three macronutrients that your plant really needs. And I would say two to three times a year, honestly, apothos, because it is such an easy plant, it's not necessary to be strict about fertilizing it. Um, it, it will just handle it. You know, whatever you get it, it, give it, it will handle it well. Okay. What soil is best for apothos? Following along the lines of this being an easy plant, just normal potting soil from your hardware store will do just fine. It doesn't need a special mix or anything. So how would you go about repotting uh, pothos and when would you do that? Yeah, so if you notice that roots are coming out of the bottom of the pot or maybe there's roots even showing at the top um, above the soil, then that is a sign that you need to get a bigger pot. So switch to one that's only about one to two inches bigger. You don't want to go too huge. That that will not serve your plant well. It just leaves soggy soil with no roots in it, and it can cause a lot of problems. So just one to two inches bigger. It usually will outgrow its pot about every two years or so if it's growing well. So if you aren't sure if you should repot it, if it's been over two years, it might be a good idea to go ahead and do that. Okay. Where would you place it in the home for good lighting? Yeah, so it likes indirect sunlight. They can handle some sun, but too much will burn the leaves. And then you can also, I thought this was kind of fun. Um, you can, well, before I get to that, before I get to the fun part, like I said earlier, they can tolerate low light. And although they will prefer indirect sunlight, especially if it's variegated. Um, anyway, so to the fun part, you can actually put this plant um, above your aquarium and let its roots grow in the water. I thought this was cool. The roots absorb a lot of nitrates from the water and can be really good for aquariums too. Um, and also with this plant, a lot of people may tell you that it will clean the air, but that study, and we have a whole podcast episode on this, the study has kind of been debunked because the study was done in a sealed container. It was done for a NASA uh, experiment. And since we don't live in sealed containers, we have doors that open and shut and AC that turns on and heat that turns on and off our plants really can't clean our air as much as it could if it were in a sealed container. So it's kind of negligible. You may read that about apothos, but it's it's really not true. It's such so minuscule that it it's really not doing anything. Rachel, Rachel, some people live in sealed containers probably. <laughs> so. I, I don't know how they would do you. that. <laughs> I'd love to talk to them and figure out how. So that study would really help them out if you are living in a sealed container. Mm -hmm. uh, how would you go about propagating apothos? 
Yeah, so it's super simple. You can make a cutting that includes some nodes. Nodes are just the little bumps along the stem of your plant. Uh, I don't know, they look like little brown bumps. And that is where the roots will grow from. So you wanna include some notes so that the roots can grow and then just a few leaves. Takes about two to six weeks for roots to appear, kind of just depending on um, your situation. It can be done in soil, you can do it in water. They do sometimes struggle with the transition. So if you start it in water and move it into soil, it can kind of struggle with that. And I've heard that you can also propagate these plants by dividing them. So you gently cut up the root ball into sections and you can divide the plant like that. I have never tried that, but apparently you can go about it that way. And something else that's rather neat about propagation with pothos, pothoses, um, <laughs> you can take a cutting of a pothos and place it with a cutting from a different plant and it can help promote roots for that other plant cutting. So I just did this for my prayer plant. I took some cuttings of my prayer plant and I just stuck a pothos cutting in there as well. And I actually, there was like a hundred percent success rate with the ones I did and the roots grew pretty fast. And I attribute that to the pothos cutting. Okay. Um, and just some random questions to finish it off. Is it toxic to animals? Yes, it is. So it contains calcium oxalates. That's the stuff that makes up kidney stones. And um, it can cause, that can cause a lot of irritation. It can cause vomiting if it's ingested. So just make sure cats, dogs, children don't eat it. It could just make them sick. It won't kill them, but it will make them sick. Okay. What pests are pothos prone to? So they can sometimes get scale, mealybug, or mites. They also could get fungal leaf spots um, if the roots are sitting in water. And, you know, I would say these problems aren't very common. The plant is usually pest and disease-free, which is great. To avoid these, I would just say don't overwater, keep it out of sitting water. If you do get any of those bugs, you can use neem oil or you can simply... Uh, wipe them off or spray them off with some water. And last but not least, what are some final troubleshooting tips that you have? Yeah, so if you have a pothos currently and maybe it has some yellow leaves that could indicate that maybe it's too dry and it could have root rot. I know when I killed my pothos from root rot, uh, it the leaves definitely turned yellow. It kind of started at the top, then just took over. If you notice the leaves are pale, it could be from harsh sunlight, could be from lack of water, low temperatures. And then lastly, if you notice your plant has brown tips on the leaves, that could indicate that it's not being fertilized enough or it's being underwatered or it's by a heat draft and it's not loving that. I would say more commonly, it's probably just being underwatered don't go crazy and just try fertilizing it to fix the problem. I would say uh, make sure you're watering it enough first. And just two last things that aren't related to leaf color. So if you notice your plant is getting really sprawled out and you don't love the look of that, you can actually trim it back those long runners to keep the plant more full and bushy. 
they can be cut back all the way down to the soil level and that will encourage new branches to sprout. But if you want it to just, you know, look like a vine and let it grow naturally, just don't cut it. And um, the leaves also need cleaning. So every few weeks, get a cloth to remove dust and debris. Pothos, like any other tropical houseplant, can really gather that stuff on its leaves. And by removing that stuff, just allows the plant to breathe better and gather sunlight more effectively. And I would say those are I, those are all my troubleshooting tips if you, um, yeah, are struggling with your pothos currently. Awesome. Thanks again, Rachel, for putting together this episode of Plant School. And thank you all for listening once again. And thank you, Sam, for being here and <laughs> for, asking these questions. Asking the questions, yeah. And yeah, we'll see you all next episode. Hopefully we'll continue to be consistent and put these out on a weekly basis. Yeah. Thanks again. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, or Pocket Cast. Also, you can follow us at Tinny Plants on Instagram, Pinterest, or YouTube. Once again, that's Tenny Plants, T-E-N-N-E-Y Plants. If you have any questions or suggestions for future podcast episodes, email us at tennyplants at gmail.com. Or if you're on YouTube, go ahead and comment below and don't forget to like and subscribe. See you next time.